Hey everybody, welcome back to the latest episode of the EdTech to the Future podcast. Thanks again for listening to us. This week we're going to take a dive into a look back and unpack the ISTE 2019 conference, which I had a chance to attend this past June. I'm Mr. Ward Techie. Thanks for listening, and we'll get started with our show right after this. Welcome back, everyone. The EdTech to the Future podcast is available on several different podcasting platforms, uh, including Anchor, anchor.fm slash Mr. Ward Techie. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and Breaker. So however you're listening to us, thanks. Thanks for finding the show, and feel free to share this with your friends and let them know that, that we're here. This is something they might be interested in listening to. All right, so let's get into this. So this past June, I had a chance to attend the ISTE conference in Philadelphia, June 23rd through the 26th, and this was my third ISTE conference in third straight. Uh, I first had the chance to attend it in San Antonio, also went last year in Chicago, and now this year. So, kind of ISTE is the it's big international organization, International Society for Technology and Education. Most of you listening to this probably are aware of what it is, um, but it's a huge organization that is, their mission is to advance the use of technology in education and tons of people they have this big conference every year and it's a chance for all these people to get together and have sessions and share what they've learned and connect and all kinds of good stuff so one thing when I first think about this conference having been to some other smaller conferences as well is this one is gigantic This is huge. There was, I think the estimate was like 23,000 people embarked upon Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Convention Center for this weekend. This big place over that spans three city blocks and all these people are here at the same time in this thing. It's pretty amazing and it's like a I remember the first time a few years ago when I went, it was just kind of like a big whirlwind and it, all this stuff happening with all these people all at the same time and you kind of got to get what you get out of it, right? Um, it can be an amazing experience, but there's a lot and try not to get you know overwhelmed with all the stuff that there is to do and see and hear there and it's just pretty incredible. Um, I got in town on Saturday, the day before the conference. The conference, I guess, officially begins on Monday or Sunday evening. They have a big to-do, and then um, Monday morning, technically, the conference officially begins and ends on Wednesday. So I got to get into town the day before, do some sightseeing, and um, see the Liberty Bell and stuff like that, so that was kind of nice. I went for most of the day on Sunday in the sessions, and that was one of my first things that I noticed was that they did a really good job with the Sunday portion. So I remember last year, 
Chicago being kind of disappointed and it was almost like they underestimated how many people were going to go there and planning to go to sessions on Sunday because there were a lot of long lines and you tried to go to a session you couldn't and even you know if you happen to manage you either have to pre-register or wait in this long line and then if you didn't get in well then okay you kind of wasted your time or you've got to leave early to go to this session that you really want to go to because there's going to be a long line this time i didn't sense any of that so big props to the committee and the convention center folks for making that work i got to go to a handful of sessions on sunday and it was really great and I never felt I was waiting in line for a, a session to go to so big props for that and I thought that was um, really good another theme that I kind of noticed throughout the week was the idea of for a technology conference the internet was pretty spotty I was in at least a couple of different sessions where the presenter had intentions on having us do an interactive piece where we have to use the network to do so and it was not great so that that was kind of disappointing and I felt bad for the presenters being in that situation where like hey I'm trying to make this more than a I'm talking at you telling you stuff thing I'm trying to make this interactive but it just wasn't working so that that part was disappointing and I don't know. I don't know necessarily what you do to fix it, but it just seems like, hey, we're here at a technology conference, all these educators gathering together, technology people, and the internet doesn't work. It kind of sucks. Anyway, the first, um, first session I went to on Sunday was called Weaving Threads of Technology into Reader Response, and the presenter was Dr. Sally Brown, and she kind of shared an experience with us and it's kind of how she was doing re research into the use of Flipgrid, which that's kind of what intrigued me to the thing is Flipgrid's a great tool to use for student voice and things like that. So I was interested in learning more examples about how people use it, right? So kind of interesting where you do like a read aloud in a class and then the students get to respond to do their reading response rather than just writing them down in a journal or whatever they could do it using Flipgrid and sharing their voice and being creative and it's kind of kind of cool and a um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good another tool I learned about in my next session which was the first of the ones I mentioned um, had the internet issues but got to attend a Adobe Spark session 10 ways to interject creativity in the classroom with Adobe Spark. It was led by Monica Burns. Um, you can find her on Twitter. And besides the the issues with being able to actually do something, I did like um, the concept of the tool in my district. Uh, we This year we will have access to this tool, so I wanted to learn more about it. And it's like another creative tool which you can use to create a presentation or video or uh, graphics some type got the Adobe label behind it I hadn't used this uh, before really but intrigued and I tried it out and I created a um, thing which I've shared out on 
Twitter in the last week or so about my journey through Philadelphia for ISTE this year. And it seems like it's very user friendly and, you know, kind of put your pictures there. You can, you got choices for background music and you can include videos or you can create like a poster or some type of graphic like that. So I think it's very user friendly and I'm intrigued to learn about it more and be able to show it to my teachers and students and have the kids create some different things on topics with Adobe Spark. So I'm interested in learning more about that. There, um, during the day I attended a session led by Doug Fordham called Why Are Our Teachers Not Streamers? So the headline, the title brought me in and he talked about the idea of using YouTube and streaming as a medium for sharing bringing the kids in and tapping into something that the kids are interested in and you know delivering your instruction that way in order to kind of hook them more so interesting stuff and one thing on the the description of the session he was going to be talking about twitch also which never ended up happening i'm not sure why and i at some point would like to reach out to him and you know try to learn more about if he had been using that um, with students you know how that works um, and if any of you guys have streamed um, we use YouTube streaming in my district if any of you use another medium such as Twix twitch or mixer or anything like that for streaming either at from the teacher or having students involved in creating things um, you know reach out to me let me know love to learn more about about this topic um, but doing streaming with OBS Studio and YouTube uh, certainly an avenue to getting information out there and I think there, if you were to think about the idea of a flipped classroom and that could be one method of getting your instruction out there or creating short videos to um, try to hook kids and get them the information in a way that's intriguing to them they're used to outside of the school day watching YouTube videos and looking for things you know why not watch their teacher teaching them how to do some math and some fractions while they're watching YouTube in a meth in a way that they're used to consuming information why not get some of your information to them that way makes a lot of sense alright we're gonna t take a little break and hear moment from our sponsors we'll be right back after this stay tuned welcome back to the edtech to the future podcast we're continuing our discussion about isti 2019 from philadelphia one of my favorite sessions that i went to and as i kind of talked about last week on our show about what is educational technology part of that is the idea of finding something that's not designed for use in a classroom and finding ways to bring it into the classroom and making it work for you in the classroom setting. So one of my favorite sessions was one about the um, Amazon Echo and Alexa and how these educators used it in their classroom. And I thought it was kind of interesting and I hadn't really explored this before too much. Um, so this is something, kinda, something that kind of hooked me and I'd like to learn more about and see if we can bring it into a classroom setting. And 
It's the idea of having that device there and, you know, this is something that's probably prevalent in a lot of homes, whether it's the Google Home or the Amazon Echo or Choose Your Poison, Siri, you know, whatever you want to talk about. And has a lot of just the idea of asking it questions and having it respond back to you. You know, kind of like the old, well, go look it up in the dictionary. Well, okay, if we've got this here and we just need to spot check our work or look up, well, what does this mean or what time is it in this place or whatever, you don't have to interrupt the teacher to do that. You can talk to the Echo and, you know, find out the information there. So I definitely see potential for use of this in the classroom. Another use for from the teacher side is the idea of setting a timer. Great. And it's, I don't know, something that you can speak to. So it's kind of like, well, I, you know, in a pinch, you can just say, set the timer or do this or remind me of this in five minutes or whatever. And it can be a time saver for sure. Mm -hmm. And they talked about the idea of having, in this classroom, they had multiple of these and, you know, like one at each station. So for like center stations, you know, I think that was, that's a good idea. And the idea of having multiple, it's kind of like you have a teacher assistant with each group. That was how they presented it. Um, other benefits of using Alexa in the classroom included sporting literacy, Students are doing writing. They need to look up a word. They don't have to get up or get their dictionary out of the desk. They just, okay, good. And then they keep going. Defining words, stuff like that. Also be current events. Um, there's a Jeopardy feature, uh, where like a question of the day type of thing. You can challenge your students. Um, new questions are added every day, so that's kind of cool. A little trivia, current events type thing. Um, Students can respond to questions after listening to a story. There's a listen comprehension tool. There's also quiz, quizzing abilities to have students recall facts, define vocabulary. Um, kind of very simple, like, recall type questions you can do. Um, student, another example, student reading below grade level needs help with their research. Being able to ask Alexa takes away the barriers. They can ask Alexa to repeat the information. So yeah, if you're doing research in a book or reading text online, what have you, that can be a challenge for somebody whose reading skills aren't as strong as somebody else, but they still need to be able to do the research and find out information. Here's something that can lend some aid to them and along with like a text reader or something, speech to text type of thing. Here's another tool that can help us help those readers and be able to get the information they need to while they're still working on those other skills. So I had a really good time about this at this session and am interested in learning more and trying it out. They also talked about the idea there is a remote and I picked up uh, one of these during the Amazon uh, Prime Day sales. The remote. So you can have using the remote in conjunction with the uh, device where it can be silenced. So you can control when you want to 
have it activated and you can kind of mute it and it will only respond to if you're using the controller which that was kind of cool so you know you can avoid those being used as a distraction type thing or trying to be a smart guy and you know calling out in the middle of class and getting a reaction well no it doesn't work that way because I've got this here right um, that and also there's it can set a timer on the device itself but they also make a clock that's about thirty dollars that I've seen that that's kind of cool it's clock for your classroom but it also has the lights um, for the the timer effect and it's very more much more subtle than the online stopwatch type of thing so you can set a timer and accomplish that feat if you need a timer for certain activity or for transitions or what have you but this tool um, kind of works in conjunction with the Alexa and it's might be less distracting than some of the other ones that are plastered on your smart board counting down just some thoughts there that was a it's a really good session and like I said I want to learn more about it so another thing that I noticed at this conference that was really good was there were lots of different types of sessions you had your big keynote presentations in the ballroom but you also had and you had um, sessions in larger you know larger uh, rooms but you also had um, the ignite sessions which were short five-minute burst presentations where they rotated people up one after the other and you kind of had to time your presentation in to five minutes they also had sessions within the um, expo hall where company that had a booth they would have folks presenting and it's kind of like small little thing whoever happened to be there they're doing a pitch at this time and you you know you might get into a drawing to do something um, and then they had panel discussions where you had a panel and they also had the poster sessions where it was kind of on the upstairs they had several people you got a table and your poster or whatever information you brought to share and people can kind of go through and you might be presenting to them or you might just be taking questions or it worked different ways depending on who it was and what they what they were sharing um, so I like that like I said at the beginning this is a huge conference and the idea of possibly someday being a presenter at that at this type of conference seeing all the different options made it feel less intimidating so like I don't foresee myself being a keynote speaker anywhere you know it's just not not my deal but some one of those other formats I could totally see myself hey I can talk to these five people about my research that I did or I can you know do a smaller type session or as part of a panel or whatever so I like that aspect of it so not only for the participants but there's also lots of things for people who are presenters and different ways you can do it different ways to get the information across and different ways to connect with people that's that I really I'm really glad I got to see that this year and going forward gets the ideas rolling another thing I think about this ISTE conference that I thought was really great was I got to 
made connections with a lot of people. Um, got to connect with people I work with currently, some people that I knew before, now are in a different role. I got to reconnect with old friends and got to meet some new ones. I got to connect with um, one of my colleagues in my doctoral program. Got to go to one of her sessions where she was presenting and also um, hang out at a book signing, you know, or not book signing, but um, gathering, you know, gathering in a coffee shop, hanging out with different educators and just talking about stuff. And that was another um, type of, not really presentation type, but there are all these type of meetups and gatherings and that kind of stuff. And it was a really cool experience. I'm really glad I got to go. And, you know, I think that's what I took out of it the most this year anyway, was the the connections you make with people and being able to reconnect or make new connections and just kind of people that are on the same wavelength than you are in terms of well we're all educational technology folks or classroom teachers or technology coaches or what have you gathering to learn and connect about this type of stuff and how we can improve in our roles when we go back to our schools or districts or whatever whatever it is we're going back to that that was kind of neat philadelphia is a good city it was a good host um i like the fact that you know i kind of everything was close enough within several blocks of each other where i kind of got to walk everywhere um you know you don't get to do that too much unless you live in that type of environment so getting to kind of went to the hotel walking from my hotel to the convention center and then walking around different places wherever possible. That was best exercise of the year, for sure. For sure. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you guys. I want to know if you got to go to ISTE this year or maybe previous years you've gone. What has your experience been like? Were you a presenter? What did you learn? You know, tell me about it. Let's get the conversation going about these technology conferences. What do you learn? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Let's get the discussion rolling. All right. That is going to wrap it up for ISTE 2019 and for this episode of the podcast. I'm so glad you were listening to us. Hopefully it was a worthwhile one for you, and we'll be back at it next week as well. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. EdTech to the Future podcast.